What are the results of more parental supervision and less outdoor play? By Julia Wise. Heading. Parents supervise their children way more than they used to. The wild thing is that this is true even while the number of children per family has decreased, and the amount of time mothers work outside the home has increased. There's an image here in the text. What's happening in France? I wouldn't be surprised if it's measurement error somehow. Heading. More supervision means less outdoor play. Most of this supervision is indoors, but here I'll focus on outdoor play. Needing a parent to take you outside means that you spend less time outside, and that when you are outside you do different things. It's surprisingly hard to find data on how much time children spend playing outside now versus in past generations. Everyone seems to agree it's less now, and you can look at changing advice to parents, but in the past people didn't collect data about children's time use. A study conducted in Zurich, Switzerland, in the early 1990s compared five-year-olds living in neighborhoods where children of that age were still allowed to play unsupervised outdoors to five-year-olds living in economically similar neighborhoods where, because of traffic, such freedom was denied. Parents in the latter group were much more likely than those in the former to take their children to parks, where they could play under parental supervision. The main findings were that those who could play freely in neighborhoods spent, on average, twice as much time outdoors, were much more active while outdoors, had more than twice as many friends, and had better motor and social skills than those deprived of such play. More. Heading. Adolescent mental health has worsened. This year's youth risk behavior survey looked pretty bad about the well-being of American adolescents. People squint at correlations, and theories include. Social media and phone use. Political messages of helplessness and despair. Not enough play and freedom. There's an image here, with the caption. My toddler rolling a toy lawnmower down a slide, which is the kind of game adults like to prevent. Heading. Play used to be more dangerous. My grandfather was a small-town newspaper reporter in the early 20th century. He wrote, I remember a newspaper story about a boy who suffered a broken arm when, as the account read, he fell or jumped, from a low shed roof. Nobody knew where the kids fell or jumped because they were usually doing one or the other. Our next-door neighbor had a twin brother who drowned at age six in the river while playing boats with an older child, in 1950s Cambridge, Massachusetts, not a remote rural area. Our housemate grew up on a farm, where he and his friends would amuse themselves by cutting down trees while one of them was in the tree. It was fun, but there were some scary times when I thought my friends had been killed. Heading Playground injuries are up. I was expecting that more supervision meant fewer injuries. This doesn't seem to be the case at playgrounds, at least over the last 30 years. From a large study of US visits to emergency rooms related to playground equipment. There's an image here in the text. Maybe children are spending time at playgrounds if they're not playing in empty lots and such. But here's children injured at school playgrounds, which are presumably seeing similar use over time, in Victoria, Australia. I don't think this is just because of wider awareness of concussions or something, because even in the 80s you still got treated at a hospital if you broke your arm. There's an image here in the text. Heading. But deaths from accidents are down. US accidental deaths of children aged 10 to 19. There's an image here in the text. UK in the 80s and 90s, age 19 and under. There's an image here in the text. The types of accidents that kill children and teens are mostly cars and drowning. 
there's an image here in the text. Most of the motor vehicle deaths are while riding in cars, which is a different topic. What about while children are playing or walking around? As parental supervision has increased, child pedestrian deaths have fallen. Some of this may be because of better pedestrian infrastructure like crosswalks and speed bumps. But I suspect much of it is an adult being physically present with children when they're near streets. Trends in pedestrian death rates by year, United States, 1995 to 2010, children ages 19 and under. The article says 90% of injured child pedestrians are unaccompanied by an adult at the time of the injury. But this is mostly teenagers, so it's not surprising they're unaccompanied. There's an image here in the text. Drownings are also down over this time, probably partly because of rules about fences around pools and partly because of more supervision. The drownings of babies under one is mostly in bathtubs, so I expect the gains there are largely from more awareness and more supervision within the home. There's an image here in the text. Heading. Some personal takeaways. Whatever we're doing in supervising children at playgrounds is not reducing injuries. We might as well let them play in a more traditional, unstructured, unsupervised way, at least in spaces where they won't be hit by cars. Car traffic still seems worth worrying about. The most dangerous thing I see kids doing in our neighborhood is riding scooters on the sidewalk and zooming across intersections without checking for cars. When we're near water, I take drowning risk seriously. Boys have higher injury rates than girls. If I had boys, or kids who were generally more into risk-taking, I might worry more about serious injuries. But I'd also worry about stifling them too much or not letting them develop common sense from minor injuries. I haven't looked at the evidence on bike helmets for kids, but they seem like a good idea. After a sledding accident involving a brick wall, we also use them for stuff like sledding and climbing big rocks. More prosaically, warm enough clothing means we spend more time outdoors. Both kids and adults in our family wear snow pants a lot in the winter, which makes outdoor play much more viable in New England. There's an image here in the text. Heading. You can't single-handedly recreate the 1960s. One friend said that after reading about historical rates of parental supervision, she'd take her preschooler to the park and say, have fun, I'll be over here reading my book. I also try to channel the older laid-back approach to supervision of outdoor play. But you can't create the social environment that existed when all the kids had less supervision. This isn't just the, someone will call the police, fear. It's more prosaic too. At some point other parents will view you as suspect and won't let their kids play with yours, which defeats some of the purpose. Some methods we've used. Here's a list of bullet points. A lot of it was luck to be in a pretty walkable neighborhood with well-used playgrounds. Courtyard apartments, or other spaces where kids don't have to cross a street to access play space, seem especially good for letting urban kids play unsupervised at a younger age. Supervision theater. When my kids were preschoolers and playing at the park while I was present but not hovering, other parents would start looking around to see if these children were alone. I'd periodically announce things like, your water bottle is here if you want it, and then the other adults wouldn't bother us. Moderating. You can climb that tree, but one person at a time. Teaching street crossing with toddlers and older kids. Walkie-talkies. They're quite a bit better than in past decades. They reach a quarter mile and mean both we and the kids have more freedom of movement. We can take one kid to the nearby park while another one stays home, able to radio us. 
We trust our kids to play at the park before we trust them to cross the street, so they sometimes play at the park and radio home when they want us to walk them home. Rehearsing with my kids what they'd say if a grown-up asks why they're alone, my parents said it's okay for me to be here. Making friends with other families with more free-range kids. We met one such family, recent immigrants from Europe, because they had the only other five-year-old we'd seen playing on the bike path, with no adult immediately present. More ideas from Peter Gray. That's the end of the list. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on November 25, 2023. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.